This is the Houston Football Show, brought to you by Prime Social Club and Inside Edge, with your hosts, Aaron Wilson and Sean Bajani. Welcome into another edition of the Houston Football Show. I'm Sean Bajani from Sports Radio 610. Joined, as always, by NFL insider Aaron Wilson, covers the Texans for KPRC Local 2. Aaron, extremely busy, busy news day today. Uh, We have a lot to get to. J.J. Watt retired this morning, announcing it on Twitter. Uh, He'll step away at season's end. Art Rooney's son, John Rooney, passed away today. And uh, former Texan gets a head coaching job at a historically black university Ed Reed will be the new head guy. I think the 16th head coach in school history at Bethune-Cookman. Uh, we'll start with J.J. Watt, though. I want to get to all of these things. But Watt announces his retirement, steps away, at, uh, will step away at the uh, end of the season. 12 years, 10 with the Texans, three-time defensive player of the year, best player in the league for a good stretch of his dominance here in Houston. All-around fantastic guy. Humanitarian award. Give him everything. Your thoughts on – his career, the decision, what led to him calling it quits now? Well, I think a lot of that's to his family. You know, he's a father now. He had a serious health issue where he had an irregular heartbeat. Like Moments like that, as he said, they kind of say a lot to you about what's important. And so you know, he has a wife, he has a son, and I think his health is very important to him. And you know, he's been through a lot of injuries. The Cardinals are not on the cusp of anything. I mean, they're a mess right now. So what's he going to do? He can chase the Super Bowl, which is, you know, eluded him. He never got to play an AFC championship game. Or he can retire with, you know, he, he's got some health issues. He's got a lot of things he's been through health-wise. So I think he's doing the right thing for himself. And it's, retirement is a really personal decision. So when a lot of people say, well, you know, what about the Super Bowl ring? Well, it's really easy to talk about someone else's life when it's not you walking in their shoes. You don't know what it feels like. The efforts he has to make to play even at the level he was playing at. He good game recently. I, I thought he looked, you know, almost like old JJ for a while there. But, you know, the guy's squatting, you know, 600, 700 pounds. He's going to lift all these heavy weights. It takes a toll on his body, and he has a really high standard. He's not looking just to hang on. He wants to be an impact player, and he still is at times. I thought that he did a good job of retiring when he still had something left in the tank. You never, you really want to be celebrated, not tolerated. Where uh, maybe he could have hung on, maybe he could have signed with someone else. He's a free agent, but no, I, I don't anticipate any comeback. I know some people have kind of. Amusingly talked about, oh, maybe he played for the Texans. Absolutely not. The Texans are even worse now than when JJ left. So yeah, I don't anticipate that. Do I think he eventually <clears throat> does the one day contract thing? Sure. Yeah, Andre Johnson did it. I'm sure JJ will do it. And the team did right by him. They released him, allowed him to be a free agent. They didn't try to hold on to him for whatever they could have got a fifth round pick or whatever it would have been. I think uh, he's on good terms, and they'll celebrate him when it comes time. Yeah, everything, you know, Ring of Honor, all those good things. And 
yeah, we'll have a chance to actually visit with him at some point, and yeah, it's all good. You know, I I literally this morning spent about fifteen minutes on my show, Sports Radio Sixton, talking about the fact that JJ is going to be a free agent at season's end and whether or not he would entertain the idea of going to play with his brothers in Pittsburgh with TJ and Derek or returning to Houston uh, at some point in time. I mean, he's not an old guy. He's an older guy. Everything you right. said, you know, spot on, obviously, you know, has looked like vintage JJ at times this year and is so happy that he's been as healthy as he has this season. Do you think if it wasn't such a mess in Arizona that he still would have made this decision, obviously largely based on health and family. But I remember when he was here in Houston, and I guess it was probably, I don't know, seven or eight years into his time here, uh, he'd said, and because I, I guess he was asked about uh, you know retirement one day, and he'd said he's going to retire when he feels like he has nothing left in the tank, when it's all spent. But it doesn't look like that this year. I mean, the biggest thing I would go back to, Sean, is, you know, I've covered a lot of players when they retire. I covered Ray Lewis. I covered Ed Reed. I've covered Jonathan Ogden, Michael McCrary. Uh, I look at a lot of these guys that you know, had great careers. And, you know, eventually you just know it's time. And it's highly personal in the sense of this is a great part of your life. This defines you and what's the next chapter. So, when you're a football player and you are passionate about it the way JJ is and was, it's hard to walk away. But when you have a family, you have a lot of great things, and a lot of great opportunities. I would think commercials, television, many things he could do. He could coach high. He used to talk about coaching high school football. Yeah. Maybe he'll do that. I don't wouldn't be surprised. He'll know what the right things to do. I mean, this guy is someone that makes a lot of great decisions. He works very hard at whatever he does. I, mean, I was reading an article about him. When he's on the maintenance crew at Camp Randall after he transfers from Central Michigan, he was serious about that. He's serious about everything. Yeah, so, yeah I think J.J. will have a fun post-football life, and I'm happy for him. And you know, to do this at his age, this is great. I look at it like this isn't sad. I'm happy for him. Yeah, I think we all are because uh, for him to make the decision, the timing, everything, it's certainly something that he's uh, thought a lot about. And when you've got a wife and a brand new kiddo, um, you tend to think about things a lot differently in those circumstances. So um, who knows, though, a year from now, two years from now, maybe he pulls a Gronk and uh, tweets out, hey, I'm bored <laughs> and wants to come back. We'll see, though. Uh, let's take a minute for our friends at Houston's longest standing poker club. It's Prime Social Poker Club, located at 7801 Westheimer. Long standing reputation for taking care of their customers. Class and quality is what they take pride in. And it's not just a poker room, it's a place to hang out with the guys, get a great meal, any drink you want. They've got a fully stocked bar, pool tables, games throughout the venue, and of course, dozens of poker tables. Prime Social Poker Club has over 21,000 members now, and you can become one today. Lifetime memberships are just $10. And once you join up, you take part in daily and nightly tournaments if you want to, buy-ins anywhere from $60 to $5,000 in guaranteed prize money every time with pots as high as $2 million. That's serious cash from Houston's best and first-class poker club. Open daily, 24-7, closes 
only when you leave. They've got free play, 10 to 1, happy hour every day, 4 to 9, located again at 7801 Westheimer. It's Prime Social Poker Club. All right, Aaron, let's get to some Texans uh, football discussion here. For the Texans, I want you to do me a favor. Fill in the blank. For the Texans, winning out would be? It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> I've been paying attention, uh, naming names, but, God, some people are so emotional about whether they pick second or first. Last time I checked, the Chicago Bears have a quarterback, Justin Fields. They do. Sure, they can wheel and deal. Is Bryce Young someone that you trade up for? I can't say that. I think he's appropriate for the first pick. To me, it's just like when you know Kyler Murray was there, you know, he was the pick. And there wasn't anybody like inordinately excited. It was like, yeah, he's the right pick. He makes sense. I think they could find some use for Will Anderson or another player, and I would expect them to look at their defense or packaging the pick. And I would think that, yeah, the Texans, if they need to move that one spot, if they really need Bryce Young and they're really sure that's the guy, not saying that it is, but just say that that's what they want to do, they have enough draft capital that they can move. It might cost you something just to be sure. And, of course, there will be a lot of gamesmanship. It's better, but I, I don't really have a problem with them winning and learning how to win. They're going to have some of these players back, whether the same coaching staff will be back. You know, I keep hearing likely not uh, that they – even winning out, probably, you know, the, the diet kind of cast, what's going to happen here. But, you know, we'll see. Let it play out. I don't think it's disastrous. If they win these games, they win them. The Jaguars game will be really tough to win if the Jaguars attempt to win it, if they play their guys. They have lost nine in a row, obviously, the Texans, but they're playing on a different level right now. Trevor Lawrence is really – lights clicked on. Doug Peterson's calling down up the right plays for him, and ATN's a great running back, so – It'll be a hard game to win. Uh, Texans are playing really well, though. They'll be competitive. I just yeah. look at it and I think, I mean, some of the people that are talking about this stuff, they act like it's their draft pick. Like, they're way emotional about it. I don't know. Maybe, well, I'm, just, you know, maybe I'm just a little bit detached. I, I, You know, whoever they pick, they pick. And the big thing is, too, people say, well, well there's a difference between Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Of course. But, you know, that's the Jets' fault for drafting – Wilson and reaching for a quarterback, his body of work at BYU does not suggest second pick in the draft. He had a good pro day. That's against air. They made a big mistake. That could be very costly to Joe Douglas, to Robert Sala. Could see big changes with the Jets. We'll see if Woody gives them a pass. Fact is, the standard in New York is a lot lower than it used to be. And the fact that they've even been relevant and won some games, it changes things a little bit for that owner. I know they wanted to make the playoffs. They thought they were going to contend for a while. And then they came back to reality. To me, it's, you know, if you wind up with Stroud, that's that wouldn't be a bad outcome. I think he's a good quarterback, too. I'm not big on Levis at that stage of the first round, or I don't even know if Richardson should be a first-round pick, but he probably will be. Someone will take a flyer on him. And... Yeah, I think they should try to win the games. I don't think you should ever try to lose. Yeah, look, the players are the ones that – Why would the players try to lose? And I don't think they try to lose. And coaches, 
certainly ones that don't have a guaranteed uh, future with an organization, with the state of this organization as it is, and Lovey Smith and the staff. It's it's so it's such a unique, weird situation um, that's played out right before our eyes, and we have so many more questions than answers at this point with the entire scenario. But you know, it is about control, and the Texans are you know on the verge of losing the benefit of being able to control their own destiny when it comes to potentially taking a franchise-changing player. If that, in fact, is Bryce Young, who knows? If it's C.J. Stroud, who knows? It could be a number of guys in this draft, but, you know, everybody that I've talked to, Aaron, you know, seems to make the same points. You know, you talk about all of the the great qualities and the skill set that Bryce Young uh, or that other Really good quarterbacks, great quarterbacks possess. Bryce Young has a lot of those. And, you know, if you trust your eyes, I mean, you tell me when's the last time you saw Bryce Young, you know, play a bad game and just really make you question, man, I don't know if this guy can do it outside of just simply his stature. You know, if he's 5'10", if he's 5'9", 190 or 185, that seems to be what it's going to come down to and create much of the concern for an organization. But you know, let's not forget, too, you mentioned the New York Jets a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know, maybe it's their fault for reaching for Zach Wilson. But, you know, he was he was, you know, highly talked about and, you know, looked at as like a guy that can maybe do something at the next level. But they also screwed up and won a game, you know, within the last three or four weeks of the season themselves and wound up two and 14 and costing themselves that opportunity at the number one overall pick. Right. I mean, there's all these scenarios and they're all valid, but I. What I don't really understand is this is how would you legislate losing? Would you tell the players if you're Lovey Smith, hey, the Cowboy needs this pick, or Nick said we need it, or this or that, or whatever you tell them, or you know, you know, no, don't worry about it, guys. These guys are playing for their careers. And what are you supposed to do? Put out bad tape? How do you not try? You might, you know, the only way you can legislate losing, I guess, is you can make them bench people. I mean, you can make the argument, couldn't Pierce have made it back? That's what I was told Mm -hmm. for the last game or the, you know, couldn't he have gotten the thousand yards he wanted to? Sure. Is it really controversial? No, no, it's fine. I just don't really see how you can do that. You know, how many no. weeks would it have taken Stingley to get back up to running speed? Let's say he starts right. practicing now to play in one game. What's There's no point. But, you know, if you say to – just give me an example. I'm trying to think of ways that they could probably ensure the loss. You play all backups. I'll give you one. You play yeah. Kyle Allen. I mean, I, I don't know. You play I'll, I'll give you one. And it, it, it's it's – it's unfortunate because, you know, you, you do, you can't, people can sound silly. And I don't ever really like sounding silly to the extent of like, you know, I don't want to be like conspiracy guy, but it comes down to, okay, is it a part of the plan? Is this systematic or is the coaching staff really this bad? And I point to the first month of the season where the Texans could do something very similar now that they did within the first month of the season when they were so close to winning, you know, three, four ball games, um, starting off, you know, uh, 0-3-1. 
when they refuse to play Damian Pierce in the game's most important situations, did not play him late in the game inside of six minutes at all through the first four games of the season, when clearly he was your best player, not named Laramie Tunsil or Brandon Cooks at that time, he was kind of the guy that kept you, um, you know, feeling like you had a chance uh, this season. And I don't know if the Texans do something similar. I don't know who that would be, but they've played in large part. The thing that makes me really question that they've played in large part without any Nelson, any Collins, any Cooks, any Green, any Pierce, you know, not all at the same time, but presumably they certainly could with all of those guys being out, obviously Stingley too, the next two weeks. It'll be interesting to see what Brandon Cook's status is if uh, calf does kind of crop up this week um, and, and prevent him from playing and maybe some other guys and the Texans maybe make some business decisions that way in terms of health um, to put a weaker, lesser product out on the football field. Maybe they decide to just roll with Davis Mills the rest of the way and kill the quarterback duo. I don't know. That's a lot to absorb. I would say yeah. showing that, you know, I talked to Brandon before this game and he told me why he wanted to play and what it meant to him. And then, you know, it was, you know, he's a very honest guy, very, very earnest, very sincere. And if he tells me something, I believe him. He told me he would play and he played and he played well. He caught the game winning touchdown. You know, obviously nothing's changed for him with the off season, but it meant something to him to, this is the last time he'll be with this group of teammates these friends and they are friends. These are guys, as he says, his brothers. So, you know, it, it might, I know everybody looks at this like, Oh, it's business, but ultimately your people, your grown men, you work together and you have a common bond and you, know, you bleed, you sweat together, you, all those things. And so, yeah, I, I'm sure he'll play. He feels pretty good. Uh, he just had a little bit of cramps after the touchdown where he was, You'll feel the cold, the elements a little bit, uh, but he's okay. And yeah, I think he'll play. And they'll have him and Chris Moore and Dorsett, and they'll line up, and, and they'll be all right. They may not have Tegan Kuatoriano, who's hyperextended his knee and uh, bruised his quad, so we'll see if he can go this week or go at all the rest of the year. But yeah, I would say there's a lot of elements here where you know I could see them. Playing some more football. He's Aaron Wilson, Sean Bajani. We're going to take a minute uh, for our title sponsor, uh, an inside edge and prime social. And when we come back, we'll get to the Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars game this weekend. We'll get ahead at that one, talk about uh, some of the matchups and give you some numbers that you may not know. That's next. Come out and enjoy Houston's longest standing poker room with a stellar reputation for class and quality Prime Social Poker Club. At Prime, you will enjoy an upscale social environment, fully stocked bar, gourmet dining, pool tables, dozens of poker tables, and many other fun games throughout the venue. You can also join their over 21,000 members with a lifetime membership for only $10. What are you waiting for? Get into the game. Come join us at Prime Social Poker Club.
Inside Edge was founded over 30 years ago as a data and analytics provider for Major League Baseball clubs. If you've seen the movie Moneyball, then you know Inside Edge. They were part of the data and analytics revolution in professional sports. Fans can now have access to the same insights and analytics used by pro teams for free at MyInsideEdge.com. MyInsideEdge is a destination for sports bettors and daily fantasy players where they can find matchups, specific insights, and projections to help make informed betting and fantasy decisions. Again, that's MyInsideEdge.com. Sean Bajani and Aaron Wilson back with you on the Houston football show. So the Texans and Jags will meet this weekend. The Jags are only favored by four in this matchup, Aaron. They won four of their last five. They're playing good football. They've got five of their last seven, in fact. And they've beaten three playoff contenders in the last three weeks by an average margin of 12 points. Overall in this series, though, the Texans have dominated 28 and 13 is the all-time series lead. And I hate the all-time record stuff. It doesn't matter, especially in football with roster turnover and all that stuff. But the thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars is they're going to have to win their first game in Houston since December of 2017. That's been nearly six years. How are you looking at this game? What are some keys that uh, that you think are going to play out um, in this one is – we're being honest, 99.9% of everybody else wants the Texans to absolutely lose this game. Right. I mean, if you look at the matchup and the kind of football they're playing, it's been a while since they've really had a stinker of a game, you know, like the loss to the Lions. You know, so they three weeks in a row, they look really good. I know the Titans are a mess right now, but they still – Took care of business. They're a high-scoring offense. They scored a lot of points against a Dallas defense that has Michael Parsons on it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I take that into account. I look at how they handled the Jets, and they look pretty dominant. You know, there, there's a lot of good things happening with them. The biggest thing is Trevor Lawrence is on a roll, and the last thing you want to do is run into a hot quarterback. You think about the Texans and. They are playing well in the secondary. They have Steve Nelson back. Jalen Petrie is playing very good football. And they're rushing the passer fairly well, especially Obo Akaronko and John Grenard started to make some plays. Now he's been back for a couple weeks. They can match up. I think the one I worry about even more than Lawrence is ATN. ATN's really hitting stride right now. So those are some things that can give them some issues. They're coming off a win. I think the Texans are starting to build a little confidence. I think they like the role of spoiling people's seasons and being disruptive. And a lot of these guys really like playing for Lovey, and they're not immune to the whispers and uh, social media and all the speculation about Lovey's job. And I've heard you know a lot of, a lot about it. Obviously, and, you know, there's a lot of people that think you know that they will move on, but we'll see. Unless you're talking to Cal McNair or Nick Casario, and they're not talking uh, to anybody, even you don't really know exactly what they'll do. Sure. I've heard a few secondhand things that lead me to believe it's going to go in a certain direction, regardless of the outcome of the final games. But yeah, you know, I think the Texans, Davis Mills had a good fourth quarter. He's playing much more carefully. The two quarterback thing, yeah, it's not really working great, but. They want to do it, and it does give the defense something to think about. 
I and it's interesting, uh, Davis Mills, you know, engineering that uh, uh, drive with the uh, go-ahead touchdown pass to Brandon Cooks, which was a hell of a throw, a hell of a catch uh, to help the Texans get that victory last weekend over the Titans. That was just his second game-winning drive of his career. The first one came against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it was the duo of Damian Pierce and Davis Mills who – I think it was four of six on that last drive. Pierce ran for about 26, 30 yards on that drive and uh, punched it through uh, and got the touchdown. I think it was a one-yard run, um, you know, weeks and weeks ago when they, these two teams first met. As I mentioned, the Jags are favored by four heading in. Do you think if the Texans win this weekend, uh, obviously that wouldn't be a good scenario for a lot of people out there, but if they win, do you think they enter week 18 as the favorite over the Indianapolis Colts. I think that would be the first time they'd be favored in any game this season, but maybe even last season, correct? I can't remember. I, I honestly don't pay much attention to the point spreads because I don't bet. So I, I, I have no idea. But I would think I would pick them to beat the Colts. I'd pick them to beat the Colts right now, yeah. regardless of what happens in this game. I yeah. Like them more <laughs> it's than a scary thing. I think everybody would. I don't I if they win or lose this game, it doesn't really change how I feel about the Texans. It's just – yeah, and I, I almost feel like the games, obviously, they're still there. That's what we cover. But the offseason can't get her fast enough, and that's what people are into. Not, you know, hearing about this guy played well or this guy's got this many interceptions. I mean, people care to the extent that they hope that there's some players that are going to be on this team that, you know, that they like and who's going to get a new contract, who are a couple of the guys that will get – New deals from Nick Casario. You know, I think Obakaronko is playing his way into that. I think some guys like Steve Nelson could use a raise uh, based on the way he played this year. Played yes. excellent football. They rarely threw at him. He was that good. And I think they've got some decisions to make at linebacker, D-tackle, center. I think Jordan Akins is worth doing another one-year deal for. Uh, I look around. Tremont Smith. Maybe Tavier Thomas. So there's there's some guys that are keepers for sure that are going to have their contract up. And yeah, there, there's others you know, within the building like Chris Moore. I, I think he'll bring some of these guys back. Not everybody. That's the way it works. Really. Not everybody gets to come back, but you'll have some guys. back. Yeah. I did that experiment um, actually a few days ago. And um, you know, with, with taking into account some guys that were on the practice squad that got opportunities this year, I think I came up with 25 guys. Um, that I would like to have back uh, and see more from. And of that 25, obviously there are the rookies and the second-year players, which would be second- and third-year players entering the 2023 campaign. So it's not that many guys, but there are guys like Obo Ogaronquo, who's you know a four-year player entering, I think, his fifth season next year. It'd be his fourth or fifth, I can't remember, but still a young an ascending player who's played some of his best football here in recent weeks that I do absolutely think, um, you know, warrant another look in, um, you know, a, occupying a roster spot here. Um, let's take a minute for our friends at Inside Edge on the Houston Football Show. We like to use insights generated by the team at Inside Edge. The insights have been a real game changer in Game Analysis, the company was founded over 30 years ago as a data and analytics provider for baseball clubs. If you saw the movie Moneyball, you know 
who Inside Edge is. And now fans can access the same insights and analytics used by pro teams for absolutely free at MyInsideEdge.com. That's MyInsideEdge.com. It's a destination for sports bettors, daily fantasy players, wherever you can find matchup-specific insights. They've got it all. Projections to help you make informed betting and fantasy decisions. It's awesome that anybody can access these insights for absolutely free. When you check this database out, it is just bonkers. I was addicted to it for about a week and a half straight. It was hard to get away from that. You'll love it too. Um, they've got a they've got a package. It's a five star game pick package. Last year alone, they had a seventy one percent success rate. That's thirty four and fourteen against the spread. You got to get on top of that. Subscribe today. Use the code Houston in all caps. Houston, you'll receive ten percent off of your subscription today. It's my inside edge, Aaron. I mentioned, you know, a busy sports day. Um, a couple of other things aside from J.J. Watt that I know uh, you were on top of today. Uh, I just saw your tweet, I guess, within the last hour or so in regard to um, uh, Art Rooney's son, John Rooney, passing away. Can you give us a little bit more insight uh, on, on that, maybe what, what happened, how that came about? I don't have a lot of information on that. I, I just shared the, the tweet on my way home from – the gym, but yeah, it's the Roonies. I, I know Dan Rooney. I know Art Rooney. Great football family. Great people. Uh, they've done a wonderful job with the Steelers, and they have a tree with lots of branches throughout the NFL. And yeah, condolences to them and their family. Great people. Yeah, did a. I know they did a great job. I obviously a lot of people didn't get a chance to see the uh, tribute and the uh, jersey number retirement. Uh, from Franco Harris this past week after his passing last Wednesday. Uh, but I know they took care of those folks uh, in Pittsburgh with a great ceremony. And uh, I would go to that. I covered Ravens Steelers games for over 15 years, and uh, it's a special place, great football yeah. town. And it's uh, there's no atmosphere really like, like it in Heinz Field. So it's so incredible home field advantage for them. So, Aaron, let's get to this. Uh, just wanted your quick thoughts before we get out of here tonight on uh, former Texan getting a head coaching job at uh, HBCU. Bethune-Cookman, Ed Reed, will be their 16th head coach in school history. What can you tell us about that? Right. Yeah, I covered Ed's entire career when he played for Baltimore. And you know, I know he didn't really endear himself to the Texans. He didn't see eye to eye with Wade Phillips, but that's a very small footnote in an otherwise legendary career where Ed was one of the best pure free safeties ever to play. And the way he saw the game, his instincts, his dedication to film study, his ability to hit, he wasn't the biggest guy, but he was a guy that had a lot of pop, very, very intimidating hitter during his prime years when his uh, neck was still feeling good and threw his body around, giving him everything he had and off the field, really charitable, really good person, really good with the media when he felt like it. Uh, some days it could be a little up and down, like a lot of people. Sometimes his mood was different, and that was when you you know, kind of kept your distance and gave Ed his space and respected that. But if you knew him, and I knew him well, I remember when I was covering him, he's a rookie, to give me his phone number, and he – had, was holding out for about a week. Back then, guys would hold out a little bit. And he signed his contract. And I had been texting with him. And then he 
called me. I said, hey, I just want to let you know I just signed my contract. I'll see you at camp tomorrow. I said, thanks. I said, are you excited? He said, what do you think? I said, I'm sure you're excited. He said, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I hustled home and wrote my story and uh, got a little scoop from Ed. And that was uh, a long, long time ago, back when I was a younger reporter. But, yeah, I always remember covering Ed. And Did he talk about guy. coaching when he was playing to you, that, that that was something he one day wanted to do? Yeah, he said he would like to. He used to have these film sessions at his house, and he would cater them, and he would have all the guys over. And that was something he had learned from Ray Lewis because Ray used to do that. So Ray was like his big bro, also from the U, from Miami, and Ed would do that too. And Ed loved to talk football. He loved to talk strategy, and he loved to talk about how he would you know, fool someone like a Peyton Manning that was so cerebral. But he was just as smart, if not smarter the way he saw the game. But, yeah, he's special. He's uh, right up there with the great players I've had the honor to cover, like Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Jonathan Ogden, J.J. Watt. Great, great players, great guys. And uh, there's a commonality with all of them when you think about what the game means to them. Yeah. And uh, I would say the power of the mind is a big thing because these guys have the intellect and the will and the passion. It's not just – Everybody's a four three. Henry wasn't that fast. He wasn't that big. Henry was tougher, smarter, and had uh, un really the intangibles with him off the charts. Yeah. Different kind of guy. And yeah, I, I really don't. I wasn't here. I heard about how he was. He was kind of done. He had a bad hip by then. He'd had surgery. I think he was pretty washed by that point. The Ravens generally keep guys that have anything left. So when they don't want you back. They pretended they wanted him back, but when they don't bring him back, it, it says a lot. Aaron, hey, good stuff as always, my man. Uh, we'll do it again next week, and I'll see you on the uh, practice field. See you in the morning. Uh, next, well, not in the morning. I got to host tomorrow morning, but uh, I right. will see you next week. <laughs> I'll see you next week. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, Aaron. All right, that's going to do it for the Houston Football Show. We'll talk to everybody again next week. Appreciate you listening, and uh, everybody have a great rest of the week. Prom Social Poker Club opens daily at 10 a.m. and doesn't close until the last person leaves. Now, that's 24-7, 365 days a year, so you can always get your poker game on at Prime. Also, daily, free play starting at 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. with happy hour from 4 to 9 p.m. They have daily and nightly tournaments with buy-in starting as low as $60 and going as high as $5,000. Now, check this out. Guaranteed prize money as large as $2 million. What are you waiting for? Get in the game. Prime Social Poker Club here locally in Houston, 7801 Westheimer. We've told you about the endless insights at Inside Edge, but let us tell you about the real gold mine. They're five-star picks. And in the 2021 NFL season, Inside Edge went 34-14 and 14 against the spread for a success rate of 70.8. And now you have access to these five-star picks for only $20 per pick or get the deal of the lifetime. Every five-star pick for the entire year for only $149. Even better, our listeners get a discount of 10% on that access by using code HOUSTON. That's code HOUSTON. 
This has been the Houston Football Show, brought to you by Prime Social Poker Club and Inside Edge.